This is episode 60, Heal Your Hormones Naturally with Dr. Shelly Meyer, and it's Erica here kicking things off. It's nice to be with you here today. And before we talk about the topic of this episode and Dr. Shelly Meyer, I want to share a few updates with you. For those of you that have been listening for a while, you might remember from, let's see, I think it was episode, I meant to look this up. I think it was episode 39. It was where we interviewed Katie Irvine and where Lauren and I basically deepened our love for human design. And since then, we tend to weave this into most episodes and talk about it in some way. And I know Lauren and I have shared also in our updates about how human design has help us, helped us really start to understand ourselves better. Um, and then also it's deepened our own friendship and relationship and changed the way that we interact with this podcast and with each other. And it's been so cool and healing to, to implement the principles of human design and really see how it helps things blossom and grow and evolve. And an update that I have that I don't think I've shared on the podcast yet, but I have recently invested in Katie's HD school, which is her self-guided online course where she teaches you um, human design in 16 weeks. And personally, I've been experimenting with my human design for about two years now. So actually three years now, I had a coach um, several years ago that first introduced me to it. So I learned I was a manifester, but it didn't really hold a lot of weight. And I was resistant to really dive into it because I was like, oh, this is another personality thing that puts you in a box and tells you how you're supposed to act and yada, yada, yada. So I just kind of ignored it. But the universe obviously has its own plan. And over the years, it's just been thrown in front of my face over and over again. And I've had several readings over the years now. And then at first, I thought Lauren was going to be the one going this route and signing up for HD school and doing this in some capacity. But then one day it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, I think this is the element I'm supposed to add to my business. So without going too much into detail, because I'm sure I'll do an episode in the future more about this, but in a nutshell... As you may or may not know, I'm a certified integrative health practitioner, so I use principles of functional medicine, which is one thing that we'll talk about in today's episode, so I'm excited for you to get exposed to that if you're not sure what that is, but I use functional labs and nutrition and supplementation to heal and restore the physical body, deficiencies, toxicities, imbalances, such as hormones, again, that we're talking about today, and I use that to help rebalance the physical body. And then I've always used um, an integrative approach. So using mindset work and spiritual exploration and, and uncovering mental and emotional blocks that are keeping us stuck. But the thing that finally clicked is that as a burnout recovery coach, so I have the integrative health practitioner certification, and then I've been branding myself as a burnout recovery coach now since about March, I think. And burnout, physical mental, emotional um, burnout is an energetic thing, right? It's like we're not using our energy properly. We're going too hard, too fast for too long. And eventually our body is just like, F this, can't do it anymore. So what clicked is, hello, I'm a burnout recovery coach. I help people reclaim their energy and fall in love with life. I help people reverse 
mental and emotional and physical fatigue. And human design, in a nutshell, is an operating system for how we best work in the world. And it's not dogmatic. It's not like you have to do this or else you fail. It's all a suggestion. It's all one big, beautiful experiment. So I am excited, ecstatic. I cannot wait to bring this to my clients, which I already have in some capacity. I've been doing little mini readings and infusing human design into my current client calls, but eventually I will be set up to do one-on-one human design readings. I would say for sure by the end of the year, this episode is releasing um, at the beginning of November. So I would say within a month or month and a half, I will be available to book for human design readings. I have all of my practice readings already booked um, and I'm well into the course and just like eating it all up. It's so amazing. I think Lauren is going to talk about human design a little bit in one of her upcoming solo episodes. And again, just go listen to the last episode since episode 39 or 40 and you'll start picking it up. And I encourage you, if you know your human design type, please send me a message. Let me know what that is. I'm so curious. I love getting to see what our listeners, like who you are. And then obviously if you're a friend or family member, I want to know your type. So you can um, send that to me. Or if you're like, Erica, what the F are you talking about? Um, go back and listen to our episode with Katie. Again, I think it's episode um, 39. I will drop that in the show notes so you can take a listen. Go look up Katie. She's awesome. Um, she is also a manifester just like I am. So I have learned so much from her because we're about 8% of the population and all my life, you know, I mean, there's so many different things in just human design that go into this, but all my life I felt misunderstood and I've felt like nobody gets me. And to a certain extent, people don't really have to get me like we're not for everyone right but human design has just opened um like pulled back a veil to allow me to see and understand myself better and also just operate in a way that feels like like it allows for more ease and flow in my life and i'm excited to share that with more people who are interested in it so go listen to that episode about human design with katie go to google Google free human design chart, um, plug in your information. You'll need your birth date, um, place and time. So that's very important. You do want your time to be very accurate, um, because the charts can change minute to minute basically. And if you need help with this, reach out, um, as a, as a human design guide now, I'm here to help with that and I'm eager to help with that. So excited to bring more of that for you. I also dropped the link for my email list in the show notes. So if you want to stay in touch with how this is all playing out in my business or just excited to learn more, join my email list. I'll also in 2022 next year, I'll likely be doing um, some bonuses for my email list, like maybe a free reading once in a while or a discounted reading or something like that. So email list is the best way to stay in touch. Now, let's chat about today's episode because that's why you're here. Heal your hormones naturally with Dr. Shelley Meyer. And I think we go into this in the beginning of the episode. Um, apologies, it was recorded several months ago. Um, but I think we talk about her story and how I know her. But I worked with Dr. Meyer um, last year on some of my autoimmunity stuff and my hormones. And that's why I was like, I absolutely want to bring her on to talk about this. And we also talk about functional medicine. If you're not familiar with functional medicine, listen up to that part, because if you're dealing with 
chronic illness or health issues that conventional medicine can't seem to quote unquote figure out, it might be time to go a different route. Um, work with a functional medicine practitioner. Myself, I can help you with this with labs and whatnot and really getting to the root of your illness. But otherwise, um, Dr. Meyer, if you're in Denver, she is a great option as well. And she has an amazing, amazing YouTube page with um, educational videos. So I also put that link in the show notes. Um, just go absorb some of that information and see if this is maybe the answer to the questions that you've had or to the issues that you've been having. So a little bit about Dr. Shelley Meyer. She's a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Um, she also started out as a dietitian and nutritionist, which I love because it just adds to her very integrative approach. And again, she goes a little bit more into her story in the episode, but some of her specialties are gastrointestinal health optimization, female and male hormone balance, thyroid disorders, adrenal and stress hormone disorders, mind-body medicine, um, and even some fitness plan planning and training in there, right? It's an integrative approach. She treats the whole human, which is so beautiful. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. And of course, if you listen to it and it helps you, can you just like do us a little favor? share the episode with someone in your life who you think might be interested in it, might find value from it. Um, Go to the Instagram and just tag them in Dr. Shelley's post so we can spread the word and get this information in front of people who really need it. We so, so appreciate you. And now on to our conversation with Dr. Shelley Meyer. Hi, Dr. Meyer. Thank you so much for joining the conversation today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be joining you on your podcast. Absolutely. It's something we've talked about for a while since I came and worked with you in your practice and took a little bit. Life is busy, but here we are finally making it happen. Always, yeah. in, always in perfect timing, I think, too, right. because just to give the listeners a little bit of background. So a year ago, I think almost exactly, maybe a little more than a year ago, I started my hunt for functional medicine support. And this was before I had even started my own integrative health practitioner certification. So I was just starting to learn about this world. I think I had completed my first few functional medicine detoxes and had kind of like felt this new sense of like I was going the right direction, but I knew I wanted some more support. Luckily found your practice in Denver and signed up to work with you for six months. And I must say it was it was like the exact step I, I needed at that time. And I gained so much from getting to have support from you and your team. And I'm excited to bring your knowledge to the listeners and talk about hormones because it's such a big, broad topic, but it was such an important piece for me to just start rebalancing and come back from exhaustion and fatigue and figure out my autoimmune condition. So all of that just to say, I'm a big, big fan of yours, and I'm excited that we can um, have someone like you to come talk to talk about this very important subject. But before we get into the hormone piece, why don't you just take a few minutes to, to share about your background and your story and how you came to be a functional medicine doctor and practitioner? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, and I really enjoyed having you as a client, so I really appreciate all your kind words there. I started out as a dietitian, so that was my background. Before I went to college, I had a fascination with you know how what we put in our body really affects all of our systems, our digestive system, our hormones, or you know all the cycles that we go through in life. 
So that was really interesting to me. And so I went to school for that and then got a master's degree in that. And then I worked in clinics, like underserved clinics with other family physicians and realized, okay, I want to take this a step further and work, you know, not just with the nutrition aspect, but the whole body. So then went to uh, osteopathic school and went to my resident, did my residency in family medicine, because that really could help me help all different kinds help me focus on all different kinds of bodies, whether they be little (laughs) ones or older ones and help me look at the whole person. And so that was a good step for me as far as I didn't, I knew I didn't want to specialize, but then when I got into conventional medicine, I wasn't quite happy with that. And we'll talk more about that. I'm sure. But it was just that 10 minutes with a patient, a very complex, I was in an underserved clinic in an inner city clinic with very complicated people that had diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and heart attacks. And here I'm getting 10 minutes and seeing, you know, 20, 30 patients a day. It's not sustainable. (laughs) So that led me to then want to do things my own way, start my own practice. I, while I was still at that clinic, I did my, uh, training. So integrative holistic medicine training and got that. And then when I started my own practice, I was doing integrative. So combining conventional with some alternative stuff. And then I dove deeper and did my functional medicine training with IFM. And that brought me to where I am today. Yeah. And I think that's a good jumping off point to just talk about what is functional medicine, because I know I grew up with a father who is a conventional medicine doctor. And so growing up in that mindset of like, when you're sick, go to the doctor, do what they say and discovering the world of functional medicine. And I imagine our listeners are either familiar, have heard of it, but maybe not really clear on what it is. And so maybe from your perspective to share, what is functional medicine and why is the work that you do different than when we go to our doctor with our insurance or something like that? Yeah. Well, I'd like to think of functional medicine. Well, it's often called root cause medicine, which is, you know, so we take a lot of information, we dive down and we try to get to the root cause. But I also like to think of it as like being a detective, detective kind of medicine. We really dig deep and try to gather all the facts, put a case together as far as what led you to where you are today as the client or the patient and what can help you get past and get to that, you know, hero situation where you're feeling better and, and alleviating some of the things you came in for. So it involves a lot of listening, which I think is unique because we do have these short time frames. And I, and I feel for conventional medicine doctors, I've been there. I don't like it. I don't like the way it's set up. So this and our, our approach as functional medicine physicians or practitioners involves just a lot of listening, a lot of history, a lot of testing. It doesn't always have to be big, fancy, expensive tests, but it can involve those. And it can just be regular lab tests. As long as we listen and we do the appropriate workup, and then we do some kind of plan that's comprehensive, that's lifestyle, that's diet, that's exercise, that's maybe some supplements. There's usually some of those involved nutrients that are very targeted And then we put that plan into action and then we tweak it. We're always changing it and adjusting it because it's just not like one thing's going to work for everyone. Everybody's a unique individual. And I think that's what's great about functional medicine is we're looking at that unique individual versus conventional has turned into being a glorified prescription writer. I feel like, you know, that was what was most frustrating to me 
as a conventional doc. Yeah. And so many things come up for me is like, there's a combination of the frustration that comes up being someone who was lost in the conventional medicine system for literally 12 years before I finally was like, oh, maybe there's something else out there. But also now where I am so aware and working in this world where I just feel like the hope and the excitement of just sharing the message, like there's a different way. But also one question that comes to mind is how often do you do an intake with someone who maybe it's their first experience with functional medicine? And like you mentioned listening, like how often is it just that aspect sometimes is such a relief for people to just walk into a doctor's office and be heard and share their story and actually it be received? I mean, is that alone beneficial? Yes, I'd say. I mean, the majority of people that haven't seen a functional medicine doctor are surprised when they get that kind of approach and really you can see the relief, like you said, in in their faces and they express that often. So I would say like 100% of the time when they haven't seen a functional medicine doctor, they very much appreciate it. Now, there's, I have a lot of patients or clients that have seen other functional medicine doctors, so they're already familiar. But when it's your first time, just to know that somebody wants to sit down and hear your story and really hear why it matters to you and not put you in a box or, you know, just stamp a diagnosis on you and move on with their day. So it's rewarding to me to, to hear that from people. And that's why I do it. And that's why we keep doing it and try to spread the word like you are, because it's people need to know that there's another way. Absolutely. And then I think one other thing that stands out as something important just to really drive home is that tweaking of the process. Because again, coming from the world of conventional medicine and then trying out this new thing, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in like, okay. And then we're just going to figure it out. But really you are, you're a health detective. And I also like to tell my clients that they are too. It's like, we're both on our detective hat because you as the the doctor, the practitioner, it's like, okay, here are the things we can try, but then it's up to the client to put in the work, get the feedback and report back like, Hey, this worked, this didn't. And the beautiful thing with this type of medicine is there's always something else to try. So for example, when I was working with you for those six months, it was like, okay, these supplements are working great. And here's places I'm not seeing results. But then there was also like, okay, well try this, try that. So it's not like a one, like a straight shot or silver bullet, but this type of work, there's always a different avenue or different path you can take essentially. There is. And that's what I want people to know that, that, you know, there, there could be people saying that there are functional medicine protocols out there. We really don't have them. There is such an individualized approach. And if somebody is trying to give you a protocol, then they're not really listening. (laughs) You know, we really need to, to be detectives and to tweak our plans and to keep adjusting. And that's why I do those six month programs because it gives you time to, to do that, figure it out. Yeah. And that's what I'm finding with my clients as well, because especially because I'm working with burnt out, exhausted people and my health coaching certification was very protocol oriented, which it had to be because he was training people on his protocol. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if someone comes in and they don't have energy, I'm not going to put them on like this really strict protocol or if they have a passive disorder eating. So it is still uh, it's like the intuition and all the stuff has to feed into it. So it's the support part is really, ne- really necessary, right? People can get lost in trying to do this all on their own, but yes. they need that guidance. Yeah, I agree. So the topic for today is heal your hormones. So we should probably talk about some hormones for a little <laughs> bit. And this is, 
you know, hormones is, is really a big topic. I think sometimes people, it's like heal your hormones, balance your hormones. But at the same time, the general everyday person probably doesn't really understand what a hormone is or how like the different variations of what it even means to balance them. So in your, in your perspective, maybe just talk about what are hormones and why they're something that we should really pay attention to when we're trying to just optimize our health and feel our best. Yeah, that's a great question. Hormones are kind of substances that are produced by what we call our endocrine glands, which are basically, you know, organs in our body that produce hormones, but the hormones are made to be messengers to communicate and to travel through the body and communicate some kind of action that needs to be done. So it can vary from, you know, helping us out with our metabolism, our temperature, our skin, our libido, our, you know, for women, menstrual cycles, our energy levels, so many different things can come from hormones. So that's why it's important to think about them when maybe you have chronic fatigue or even burnout, like you're talking about exhaustion, or your metabolism doesn't seem to be right. Your mood seems erratic. Those are all reasons to consider looking at your hormones. Yeah. And at what point, because there's at least I find at the point that people come to me, usually they've done a lot of research. They've used the Google. They've kind of tried to self-diagnose or whatever to some extent. And because there's so much free information, I find that people feel like they should be able to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. And then at the point they finally ask for help, it's like because it's gone on for a really long time. It's really quote unquote bad. And then they're just like, okay, now I have to, but I feel like, I mean, obviously the sooner, the better to seek support, but from your perspective, when, when's the best time for someone to reach out or just like, even if they're feeling good, is there benefit in going to get a hormone test or just working with someone? Like, when do you prefer like people come to you for help? Great question too. I I don't, it's, it just depends on the person. So most often people do come to me like women in regards to their hormones. If they are just, it's like a lot of times it's mood or it's really affecting their life. So it's better to come before that because we can catch things kind of at an earlier stage and it's easier to balance it out. the, The ratios that we look at and everything. But I would say when energy is lagging, when mood seems to have taken a big shift or at certain times of life when we know that hormones are changing, puberty, for example, Mm. yeah, we accept it as it's something that happens to every kid, but we can help kids get through that better. And then the opposite of puberty, which is puberty in reverse, perimenopause when, you know, for women, when their hormones are kind of taken their roller coaster and then the nosedive. So like that would be anywhere between the early forties, late thirties. Sometimes it can start a little early like that all the way up to the early fifties is a good time to assess that whether or not you're really suffering or not, we can still do a test or gather the data and sometimes realize that it's affecting more you more than you think it is. And then men will come in usually if it's libido issues is usually what drives it or, you know, but fatigue sometimes or, or mood as well. Yeah. And probably I imagine at least my experience is like weight gain too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Especially women who it's like, and actually this was part of the reason I came to you because in a year I'd 
gained some weight, but I had, I hadn't stopped working out. I was still eating well. And it was just like, this doesn't feel right. And it was more of an intuitive pull. Like my, my conventional doctors had run labs and tests, blood work basically. And everything was quote unquote normal. I think I had low testosterone and a doctor wanted to put me on testosterone hormones. And that was another thing. I was like, this does not feel right. I was like, I do like, there has to be another way. So I know with, with me, it's like, we're, we've been taught to not trust our body or like you mentioned, it's like, okay, we're a little tired, but maybe I'm just, I just need to push through mm-hmm. it. But it's like, you don't have to push through it. And sometimes it's worth just getting, getting a checkup from, from the functional standpoint though, because maybe you can talk a little bit about like, what's the difference between some of the functional lab tests that you use versus just running blood work with your doctor that's covered under insurance. Yeah, there can be a big difference. Now you can run some of the hormone blood tests. I mean, hormone tests through blood, like estrogen and estradiol, progesterone, testosterone. So there's something you you can actually do through insurance, but you have to time it right. You have to, for women, time it usually in the third week of their cycle, if you're looking at uh, kind of estrogen for estrogen dominance or estrogen and progesterone imbalance, for men, you can kind of time it at any time really. And then women, you can time the testosterone pretty much any time, but there are, and thyroid can be easily tested in blood work, but mm-hmm. the other tests that we do can give us so much more insight. The Dutch test, which is dried urine testing for complete hormones, pretty easy to do at home. You do have to pay attention to the directions, but it does tell us a lot. And that's the only test really, or some version of the urine type test. Other companies make a version of it where you can look at how the hormones are breaking down. Like, is it in a healthy way, an unhealthy way? Do we need to push that healthier pathway through better detoxification, through more fiber, through, you know, some supportive supplements, reduce the risk of cancer by pushing it down a healthier pathway? Or is the testosterone going down an unhealthy pathway? The only way we can tell that is really through this these extra functional medicine labs, which insurance doesn't cover usually, unfortunately. Some people can do it with their HSA or get reimbursement. But the functional medicine labs we have at our fingertips can take it a step further to really show us because a one point in time or or the cortisol that's in Dutch test is great too, because we have to see cortisol throughout a day instead of one point in time on your blood work. One point in time can give us an idea and it's better than nothing, but it's really just kind of the tip of the iceberg when we're diving into hormone imbalance and balance. Yeah. The timing thing is so important because I'll have people come to me and they're like, oh, they tested my cortisol or this or that. And it's all normal. And it's like, well, you only tested cortisol once and it's like cortisol follows a rhythm and, and yeah, and, and still even the functional lab test, like it's still just a snapshot in time and, you know, has to be taken as such, but yeah, the timing is so important. And then even just certain things that are tested in blood, it's like what's available versus urine is what has been used. Or if it's like, it's just, it's like, it's a different piece of the puck of the puzzle or a different like perspective of the same thing. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, It's just so much more information of how everything's communicating, really how hormones work, they're communicators. So we can see a better, bigger picture and it is still not the be all end all, like even a functional medicine test. It doesn't tell us what is happening every day, but it gives us more of a perspective as, as to more of a look into how every 
all the hormones are communicating together and metabolizing. And then as functional medicine practitioners that have worked with those tests a lot, we can take that information and really get a lot more out of it than we could the one snapshot that we get in blood work. Yeah. And that's the key. It's, it's also who's interpreting the information. Mm -hmm. So if you take these tests to your conventional doctor, they either, they may not even know really how to work with it and you could get completely different advice essentially. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I discovered myself when I was working with you was that I was estrogen dominant. So this is an imbalance that I have researched a lot. I'm still, I mean, I'm still learning about it. It's, it's complicated, but it was very, it was a very pivotal point of, from me finally, like, it's like the information you, I ran a Dutch test with you and then you, you're like, yeah, you're very estrogen dominant. Here's some supplements and nutrition to figure out. And like, I remember, I, I want to say it was within a few weeks. I felt like just a complete transformation difference. Like it was like someone popped me with the needle and I just like, cause I had felt like I'd gained weight, but a lot of it was probably just water weight, I guess. And my energy came back and my, my cycle was a lot more regulated, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit about what is estrogen dominance, maybe some of the symptoms, that sort of thing. And then why does that type of imbalance happen? Yeah, it's very common. And well, it's extremely common because we're women as women, we're kind of throughout our cycles in some stages of estrogen dominance naturally, but it's a matter of degrees, right? So in the first part of our cycle, the follicular, we're building up that estrogen and the progesterone, you know, doesn't peak until later. So that is, you know, in essence, a state of estrogen dominance. But what we're talking about when we use the term estrogen dominance is when it creates a disorder, when it creates symptoms. So when it's way out of balance, when there's such a big difference or the estrogen is a lot higher than it should be, or, and, or the progesterone is a lot lower than it should be. And what that symptoms of that can be sometimes bloating, like you referred to, maybe it's water weight, maybe it's other ways of bloating, swollen, tender breasts. Sometimes it can be acne. Sometimes that can be other hormones too, but hair loss, irregular periods or heavy periods, sometimes sleeping problems, the typical PMS that we hear, you know, that, oh yeah, you're just PMSing. Well, that can really be a sign of something bigger. And particularly when it's with uh, some of these other symptoms, headaches, and like I said, the sleep problems, libido problems can be a lot of different symptoms that can show us that you're estrogen dominant. And then we can back that up with with data, with the labs that we do, and then address it. And people can feel, women can feel a lot better and they don't have to live like that. It's kind of shows you that PMS is not necessarily a natural thing, just as one example. Yeah. All the symptoms you listed, you were talking about me about a year ago, <laughs> like that was me to a T and for, yeah, for so long, one, we, I just kind of pushed through it, but then also, you know, I learned like not to speak up for myself, not complain. Oh, I don't want to be a burden. I'll just like deal with this. But also I think part of it was not realizing how miserable I was. Like I knew I wasn't functioning at my best, but it wasn't until I got that relief after addressing the imbalance that I was like, oh, wow, I, I was living at like a 2.4 
where I could have been living it. Like, you know, now I, I consider most days, my energy, my mood, everything is like around a nine. Like I, like most days I feel good. I mean, I'm not like perfect, but we're not meant to be, but I think that's a, an important thing I want to say to anyone listening who's struggling with something is like, you may not know how off you, you are, how that quote unquote bad you feel. And like, just keep going and searching for answers because they're out there somewhere. Exactly. Don't accept what society is telling you is, oh, well, everybody has that. It's just normal. And we're all stressed and we're all tired. Well, you might not be, (laughs) we shouldn't accept that anyway, but you know, (laughs) you might be, there might be something deeper that could be worked on. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't really have time to go into a full hormone masterclass, but then, you know, you mentioned thyroid earlier, like that's so important for so many things. And then the other sex hormones and cortisol. So there's, there's a lot of different elements, but just get started somewhere. Start with something that your intuition is probably on. So if there's something that stands out, like just start with that and see what happens. Yes, I agree. You really do have to listen to your intuition and be in touch with that. Yeah. And then let's move on and talk a little bit about what what are some things people can start doing to naturally support their hormones. And I feel like there's, obviously this is a very complex answer and there's different levels of where people are. At the time I found you, I've always been a very, a person who was very interested in health. So I was always trying to dial in my nutrition and working out and stuff. And I loved experimenting with supplements, my favorite thing still. So by the time I found you, I'd had a lot of the other things figured out. And this was like, okay, I needed the final like optimization tweaking. But what if someone out there is resonating with, you know, okay, I feel like my hormones are off. You know, like where does someone start? Is there stuff we can do with nutrition? Where do we start? I guess is the question. (laughs) Well, yeah, it can be a big, big topic, but there are some basic tenants you can, you can use or or adjustments and shifts you can make that can make a huge difference. And one thing that helps people remember some of the things that are important with hormone health is a system I like to use. It's kind of a taking somebody else's uh, mnemonic (laughs) and using it for hormones. But so as a new parent, we used to, I don't know if people are still reading Dr. Sears book, but it was called the five S's for sleeping. So basically for, to help your infant, that might be a little fussy or whatever. So this is the five S's of hormones. So number one is stress. And I know that sounds like, oh yeah, let's polish over that. Everybody talks about that, but no, that's gotta be huge in our, you know, in our approach when we're trying to balance anything and that could lead to disease or imbalance, but particularly hormones. So it has to be front and center stress management. It has to be examined. It has to be taken seriously. Like really, where can we say no? What toxic relationships can we cut out? What tools can we use like meditation and heart rate variability and apps that are at our fingertips, you know, for meditation and and sleep, journaling, you know, all these things that can help us de-stress, but we need to take an active approach just like we would with exercise. We have to work as hard or harder on our stress because that is huge with hormones. And then another S would be sleep. So we do have to sleep and we have to sleep a good amount with good quality sleep, seven to nine hours of sleep. 
Now that can be hard to get when your hormones are imbalanced. So that's why it's easier said than done, just like stress. But we need to try to find ways, a good sleep routine. And I know you know the importance of sleep and probably people that are listening to this podcast know that as well. But a good sleep routine, you know, turning off the devices, turning off news, laughing, maybe just getting kind of a nice, quiet, dark, cool room. And then schedule, that would be another ask. So getting a good schedule with our sleep and with our eating. So to support our cortisol, which helps support all the rest of our hormones, because they really need to work together in like a symphony that kind of every piece comes together. So in order to have those hormones all work together, cortisol is one of the big factors. And one of the best schedules for cortisol is going to bed anywhere around 10, 1030, somewhere in that 10 o'clock range and getting up around the six to 630, somewhere in that range. But if you can't do that, at least having some regular sleep schedule that you honor even on the weekends and also an eating schedule. So having your meals at a regular time and not being erratic or grazing or, you know, just kind of eating, stress eating whenever you can, but having a regular schedule for meals and sleeping. And then another one is what am I, my fourth one, sugar. So sugar is so everywhere in our lives <laughs> and we don't yes. realize unless we track it how much we're getting every day so i recommend people track it that they try to keep it at least preferably less but under 25 grams of added sugar now that doesn't have to include fruit but we do want to choose the lower sugar fruits berries you know some of the like apples can be lower sugar just avoiding like bananas a lot you know people are making these smoothies with lots of bananas and mangoes and those kind of things and they're not bad guys i'm not saying fruits are bad guys <laughs> but they can add to that added sugar but more importantly the fake sugar i mean the added like fructose or the cane sugar or any of those things that we add to our foods to get addicted to it like we do with sugar so reading our labels and making sure we're avoiding sugar as met as best as we can and tracking it. So I really think a good tool or hack is to have some kind of good food tracking system. You know, my fitness pal is free. I like carb manager. That's the one that really resonates with me, but everybody has a different one that they like, but really getting to know what you're eating. And that leads me into the next one, which is kind of a, a cheat with an S, but soluble and insoluble fiber. So fiber is huge. It is huge. We need to have fiber to detox. We need it to get that estrogen dominance under control. If we have estrogen dominance, we need it to have a healthy microbiome. All those things are important. And so many of us are not getting even half of what we should get on fiber. So I recommend tracking that in one of those apps that I talked about, or if you want to do it by hand, that's really hard to do though, because you have to look everything up. So, um, but 30 to 35 grams of fiber a day is what we need for better hormone balance. So those are those S's that you can really, and then the sixth one that we could add is supplements. So there are some supplements mm. that could be helpful, but it's hard to make a blanket approach to those because you don't, I don't, as the provider know what each person is going through. But if there was, for example, estrogen dominance, then, you know, things like DIM is a great one, calcium deglucurate, which isn't really actually calcium, but is a derivative that helps us detox our hormones better, our estrogen dominance better. Myo inositol can be great. What else? Ashwagandha can sometimes be very balancing. I was going to say that the biggest thing and, and also approaching the stress piece, because 
I find with people that, you know, you, you maybe explain the importance of stress and they kind of get it. They're like, yeah, I'm stressed. Okay. I need to be less stressed. But like for me, when I first started on my stress management journey, my nervous system, I was so sympathetic nervous system dominant that I didn't even know what it felt like to relax or be in my parasympathetic nervous system. And then talk about sleep. Obviously you can't get into deep sleep if you're like constantly on edge and on alert. So like adaptogens, like ashwagandha and just, I remember the first time, I think the very... I did see a DO before I saw you. She wasn't a functional medicine practitioner, but she did have a more functional approach. And she put me on heavy doses of ashwagandha and omega-3s. And that was like all she did at first. And I was like, this is dumb. What's this going to do? And I remember I you know, took whatever she told me and I went on a business trip. And I remember just having this feeling of like zen when I was in the middle of my event in the exhibit area. And I was like, I was like, is this what? people feel like normally, like it was the first time I felt like everything just, I was calm. I was present and I needed that assistance to calm the stress response, to feel my parasympathetic nervous system and feel what it felt like to not be stressed. And then, you know, it still took a lot of work to now get to the point where I feel like I'm much more aware when I'm like, like, oop, I'm getting a little elevated. I need to bring, I can bring myself down. But yeah, I think those the supplements can be a good tool, but when it's very, very strategic, right? So tailored. Uh Yes. And, and that is, that's where the advice and support from someone who understands which ones are beneficial and also it can get really expensive. I mean, I love spending my money on supplements, but not everyone does. So it's like, okay, if we can only choose three, like which ones will be the most beneficial. So again, that's where investing in the support of a doctor like you or a health coach or something is so important because you just, it's, there's too much information out there and you're going to stress yourself out more trying to figure it out. But yeah, all of that to say, I love ashwagandha. Yes, <laughs> that is, it is a good one that can help a lot of people, but some people can be stimulating. So that's why you just got to be careful. True. Yeah. Because the adaptions kind of give you what you need if you need to be go up a little bit or down. So yeah, just, it's that personalized or putting on your health detective hat and just taking note. It's all an experiment. Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. You definitely shared. I love the, was it five S's or six S's? Well, I added that sixth one with the supplements. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Anything else you can think of you want to add or is that a a pretty well rounded starting point? It's a good starting point. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's more you can do even just with nutrition than just sugar and, and fiber, obviously, but those are just some key sticking points that I see that are, are Mm -hmm. big disruptors of hormone balance. I would also say that, you know, getting many vegetables per day is very important Mm -hmm. too. And particularly if we're, if we're talking about estrogen dominance, for example, the broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage family, that cruciferous, that's where the dim that the herb I mentioned comes from is, you know, really Mm -hmm. kind of a concentrated down derivative of that. But those are so helpful for hormone balance. Very helpful. So getting many of those per day, people will tell me I'm eating plenty of vegetables and I dig deeper and it's like, you're eating two <laughs> servings of vegetables a day. I want you to eat seven. <laughs> so. We need to raise that just a little. Yeah. And, and we're creatures of habit. So if this isn't something that you focus on or that you were taught, cause that's the other thing. It's like, don't be hard on yourself. It's if it's like, oh, I'm not getting enough. It's like, 
we didn't all grow up in an environment where this was shared as something important. And sometimes we're learning how to feed ourselves in a nutritious way as an adult. And it is just a learning process. So being gentle, one of my favorite hacks for helping clients get more, a bigger variety of veggies actually is I tell people every time they go to the grocery store, pick out one vegetable that you don't normally eat, make sure it's not like bitter or terrible tasting, but put it in your freezer and then like, or cut it up, put it in the freezer and then just throw a handful of that in a smoothie like until it's gone. And so at least each time, like each week you're getting exposure to a different type of vegetable you don't normally eat. So I, I mean, a farmer's market would be a a more fun place to find interesting different vegetables, but either way, that's a great idea though, because we definitely need variety in our vegetables. Yes. And that's, I mean, I eat a lot of vegetables, but I am also a creature of habit. So I do tend to like, when I go to the grocery store, I'm like a robot machine. I'm like just getting the same thing. So I even have to remind myself like, okay, let's try something different this week. Like still in the same realm, but, and make it fun. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not big on like, I I don't cook extravagant recipes, but it is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, I like to keep it simple, but a lot of people need, like they want something interesting. So go find, like find a new recipe each week that you love that has ingredients, like has some broccoli or cauliflower or something mm-hmm. in it. And the color, yeah, different colors. You got to try something with different yes. colors. because Every color offers a different nutrient too. We could do a whole podcast mm-hmm. just on that mm-hmm. a whole episode. Yeah, it's true. So much to think about. And... I feel like I could just keep asking, is there anything else to add? <laughs> well, just... there could be lots more we could add. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else? Yeah. I just love this, this topic. And also I would say seed cycling is another interesting yes. thing. Do you ever use that in your practice? Yeah, I do use it sometimes. It's, it just, you know, has to take it to be the right person to really, because you got to do some seeds in the first two weeks and different mm-hmm. ones in the last two weeks. You have to like them you have to be into see. So, and it's not the right approach for There's everybody, a lot. but it can be very helpful too. Yeah. I remember when I first started doing that, I mean, I get pretty obsessive about things. So I was like, I mean, I would put them in my smoothies or just on salads, but for anyone listening, go, or actually I'll drop a, I'll drop a podcast episode about seed cycling in the show notes. So if you feel called to know more about that, you can go. Oh, you already did one on that. I didn't see that. I haven't. It's one um, that Dr. Cabral did actually just decided today because I was working with a client. I was like, I need to do an episode on that because I suggested a lot, but yeah, I'll drop a, another resource about it in the show notes. And, you know, to push fiber, that's a great way to get fiber. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah. The four seeds and then also add some chia seeds in there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Well, one question we always ask all of our guests is what is your current favorite life hack? Mine would be, I love to find different ways to exercise at home um, that can provide me with multiple benefits. So being forced with being at home and not going to the gym over 2020, you know, and even now I'm just not going, although plenty of people are, Mm -hmm. I during that time, purchased a rebounder, like a small. Do you, do you have you done that before? I don't have one. I yeah. want one, but I sometimes I get. I'm like, 
lost in the research phase. I don't know why. Like, I'm sure they're all fine, but I, I'll go on like Amazon and there's like a hundred different. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you can send me which one you bought and I'll just buy that yeah, one. <laughs> I will because I did do a lot of research and now I'm forgetting okay. what the brand because <laughs> I forgot the name after all that research, but I really yeah. like it. The, the key being with those, you know, not to have, I wouldn't do anything with the springs. It's better to have that resistance with the, the yeah. cords, but I don't remember the name. Mine's like Jump Pro or something like that. But the reason I love it and like consider it a hack is because it not only builds your endurance and your muscle strength and like balance, but it also helps your lymph nodes and your your system, your lymphatic system. So that builds immunity and the detoxification too. It helps to to detox. So you're getting all these benefits. And then I just have the one I have, you can fold up the, you know, the legs off it. I just, and I have a small house, so you just put it to the side and then open it up and, you know, watch your favorite show or something and just jump on it for a bit. Yeah. And it's really energizing. I will to do this in the morning or just if I'm feeling sluggish, like sometimes I'll just jump up and down for like a few times. I mean, it's really good it's for you do it for a long time. Yeah. But it is just really energized. It's just like using a dry brush too. anything yes. that gets your lymph mm-hmm. moving just feels good. So there's a life hack, yeah. get a rebounder or shake up and down for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Or dry brushing. <laughs> that's a great way to, to do it. Too. Yeah. It get you the exercise component, but helps right. detox and cellulite and, you know, lymphatics and all that. All the things. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, Dr. Meyer, thank you so much for taking the time to share knowledge. This is our first, I think this is our first episode where we really started to dive into hormones. This will be our foundation and hopefully in the future we'll do like little mini episodes on the individual ones, but thank you for getting us started. Yes. And hopefully anyone listening has just needed this and needed the push to go heal their hormones. So for anyone listening, if you found this episode value valuable or you know someone who might be struggling with their hormones, just share this episode with them in case they need it and it helps our community grow. We appreciate it. And don't forget to stay curious. Thank you. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, Please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.